Hi, everybody, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex in the City podcast where we dive into every episode of Sex in the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, I don't know what you were about to continue to say before. I don't know either. I don't know either. My brain felt a little... Took a real left turn. Scattered. My hair is never Uh-oh. And you're just seeing it because we've been on this call for a while. No, I've been fucking with it for the last... <laughs> 15 minutes that you and Brian were talking. Okay. Um, how are you today? I'm good. You know, I'm ready for the weekend, ready to get my move going. I move on Monday. You will already be moved by the time everyone hears this. Mm-hmm. And you'll be so thriving, excited. buying a lot of shit from mm-hmm. uh, Wayfair, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, I've already, you know, I'm ordering my couch very soon. Ooh, well, we love a good couch. That's a real sign of an of adulthood. It really is. And you know, maybe behind the paywall one day we'll go into what really happened. Yeah. Because we can control if that if someone tried to get in, if you know who tried to get in there, mm-hmm. we can get them out of there, we you can know? Them. Yeah, I've seen that function, just cancel and remove. Mm-hmm. And then we also know, you know, who's listening, who's paying. We could figure out who's sending, you know. Yeah, unless any, any trolls any try to get in there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> under any aliases under, yeah i guess they could just fake their name <laughs> and look we're not gonna work too hard because at the end of the day they are paying us so right. um but maybe one day you'll get that story of what really mm-hmm. happened that fateful That's fateful fun, weekend dude. that weekend we lost logan roy and your home <laughs> it was a big weekend <laughs> I remember watching that episode of Succession, texting you, and I was like, oh boy, this one's a deuce. And I was like, I don't have any time for any more white mess. I know. It was bad. It was really bad. Well, you know, guys, I don't really have much going on either this week, um, except work is, like, driving me insane, mostly because, like, I don't have enough to do, and yet everything I'm doing has, like, a, takes a lot of people, and I'm like, mm. I can't talk to anyone else. But you know what I'm getting my eyes on tomorrow? And by the again, by the time you all listen to this, I will it's have already had my eyes on it. <laughs> um, yeah, we are again, one of the great Red. things about great things about a recap podcast is the content is out there. Like mm-hmm. we're not waiting. This isn't reactions, you know. Yeah. We could be done the show and you guys wouldn't know. I'm getting my eyes on this new movie, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. I hear it's a killer. With Rachel McAdams. Yeah. My queen. Wow. Wow. You know, I think I'm about her line reading constantly in The Family Stone where Sarah Jessica Parker says, I don't care what you think about me. And she replies, oh, of course, of course you, do. you do. Yeah. She's a she's a great actress. You know, did you read her interview at all that she did? Where her underarm hair was yeah, yeah, all yeah, out? One. Yeah. I, I, I only saw that image and was like, go girl, love it. She was talking about how, like, after The Notebook and Mean Girls, she was kind of being fast-tracked and put on this, like, pipeline. And she was, like, being put up for all these movies, like, being begged. The Devil Wears Prada begged her. And she was like, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, I'm a bunch of movies. Well, you know, roles find the right person. And not to say Rachel McAdams wouldn't be great in everything I agree she's with been you. in. She's lovely. But I don't. I actually, th- th- well, wait, was she up for Andy or Emily? I think Andy. Oh, okay. So she would have been a great Andy. I thought that the studio would have been like, oh, you should be Emily again because that's the mean girl role. No, I think they wanted her as like the main girl. Yeah. And 
I don't, you know, famously, I kind of hate The Notebook, and I don't think it's actually very good. But I love her. I, I wow. do. But I think that's her least interesting role. If you want to see Rachel McAdams shine, there's a little 90-minute horror movie called Red Eye. Yes! On the plane? Yeah. Yes. I love I love that movie. That I saw no less than six times in movie theaters. <laughs> I it's, was seated for yeah, Red Eye. We should Eye. cover that on the Patreon. It's Honestly, a great one. We have promised a longer once a month bonus episode, and it could just be wa- us watching Red Eye once a month because it's a perfect movie. So it is. short, crisp. Wes Craven was in his bag. It's my favorite. And I hate horror. It's really underrated. Underrated. It's the only time I've ever found Killian Murphy to be interesting on screen. I'm obsessed with that movie. And yeah. I need to drop. Even if we don't cover it, I got to drop in. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've watched it as well. Now, before we get into Sex in the City, because, you know, I have heard from some people like, you know, we really hope you guys don't stop talking before the podcast. And to that, I say we are going to be shorter because, you know, you can get us over there. What? People have just said like, oh, you know, you're starting this Patreon, but I hope you guys still chat up top, you know? Oh, I thought this. They thought this was. Stop talking. Well, that'll never never happen. (laughs) But can I just admit two controversial thoughts I have? Of Both of one of which you know, I don't know if I've said the other to you. And I'll start with the most controversial one. Uh, guys, Barbie looks bad. Uh, is that wrong to say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is this like my thoughts on. Well, I actually don't think I can say that one. Yeah, because this episode's not behind the paywall. We'll save it for the next <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and honestly, that other thought, you and I, do you know the most controversial thought I have? And you've basically told me I'm not allowed to say on the internet. I do. Hold on. I'm going to type it to you really quick. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. What is it? I'm dying to know. Don't read it. Just react. Oh, I would never put that out there. Yeah, you were like, not even behind no, no, a paywall. No, no, no. I not can't. even behind a paywall. It, it, we, we, no. I would be literally. Steep decline. Because you I can w- view it every day. <laughs> I would literally be run off the internet. And honestly, I'm not even sure we can like. I'm kind of concerned that I even put it in the chat because I think that goes into like some Zoom like cloud that's going to oh just God. exist forever. Um, <laughs> but guys, Brian types in the chat Zendaya's five facial expressions in Dune are so good. Wow. Shots fire. <laughs> no, we can't get into this. We, I I, I, and, and this is thrilling content where you guys don't I know, know what is. we're talking I about. I know. It's like uh, people are going to be cussing us out. But back to your Barbie thoughts. I'm really confused by this. Do you not understand like the premise of the movie? Well, first and foremost, we don't know the premise of the movie yet. Yeah, we do. They've talked about it. Like It's supposed to be like they're older, but they never stopped being like dumb dolls. And like, Well, some are speculating it's a Wizard of Oz-esque story. Like, no, I don't think we understand the full premise of the movie. All I know is Ryan Gosling said at CinemaCon, he used the word Kenergy. And in that moment, I thought, he's perfect for this role. I don't know, guys. I just think the Barbie movie looks really, really good. Like, I'm really intrigued by it. Like, Look, I'm a fan and I will be seated because even okay. if it's even if it's bad, I think it'll be fun. And Greta Gerwig, I trust. Uh, Lady Bird, brilliant. Little Women, she upped the ante even there. I thought it was better than Lady Bird. This movie was in development. I mean, how many Barbies did remember when this movie was once going to star Amy Schumer? How 
Fuck. I feel like we sidled. Uh, we went through like eighteen Barbies, and now we did. We and dropped then we down landed the tree on the perfect one. Oh. Like how this mm. one wasn't. You have a problem with Margot Robbie? Um, n- not her as a face, as a um body. I think she is wonderful. Oh, Do so I just... think she okay. um can act? Christopher, not the best. I think she is, you know what I'll say about her? She has very good taste. She has discerning taste. She somehow finds herself in projects to do the best with the little she's got. Okay. She's like J-Lo in that way, you know, doing a lot with a little. And that we can always respect. Oh, I get what you're saying. Um, I just don't agree. Like, I don't think she <laughs> but... has God-given talent. Like, I think she is an actress. Like... I mean, in the sense that by profession she acts for a living, yes. <laughs> Her and I, Tanya, was really good. Again, I will say she was surrounded by people who can act. And I think, I, and first of all, I hated that movie. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. She came off beautifully, I think, because of the like nature of the like character almost. But that was also a strange like thing we were doing then when it was like, isn't she a great person? I'm like, is she? No, I'm like, she's still fucked up. <laughs> like, I'm like, can we center Michelle Kwan? Yeah. Wait, was it Michelle that... Kwan? No. Nancy Kerrigan? Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Michelle Kwan. I had my eyes always on Michelle Kwan. I so, did too. She was like very, very prominent in my childhood. I like, miss I when figure skating was the thing. It was. I love figure skating. I, I don't care about it anymore. And what was my other controversial thought? Well, we shared one earlier. Hold on, not well. No, I'll never say that on the. We'll internet. never say that out loud. Maybe on maybe like a bonus bonus episode nope. for just the twenty five. I would never patrons. do that to you. Maybe I, just for those five twenty five dollar patrons who would give it to him. Oh my god, Chris. Okay. And then I would be like, guys, we can't tell anyone. Like this is really we're in sister circle. And if that doesn't get out, I might share my story. Yours, I think, is not nearly as hot as what I said. I would be run off the internet if I said what I... Yeah, that's true. What is my other controversial thought, Barbie? Um, What else is coming out that people are excited about? Because it's something where... Kardashian trailer. Didn't care, but I'm excited for Courtney to be run into the ground as she belongs, of course. (laughs) Um, That... That is Di- something you and I d- disagree on. Oh, she is diametrically opposed to every member of that family. She might as well be an orphan they let in off the street. You didn't even like Chloe and Courtney together? Back no. In the day? Because then when you see Chloe and Kim, it's like, well, this is this, these are our stars. And of course, look, ultimately we want Chloe and Scott together. I'm not saying Kim is the best. <laughs> I prefer Chloe and Chris. Oh, I, I prefer Chloe Chris. and True. Just <laughs> Oh, yeah. I love that she thinks that we care what her baby's name is. Like, no one cares. It's probably Tristan. Like, it's going to be, well, it's going to be like John. Like, guys, no, we it don't need with to. with a T. Oh, okay. They keep calling him Tutu. Well, that's so upsetting. Oh, my God. What is my other controversial opinion? It can't well, be that controversial because you forgot it. it. Sometimes I do forget the one in the chat, though. And then I see it and I'm like, oh, yeah, that. Hmm. Is it about the Little Mermaid? Um. Well, those that's not controversial that those pictures look like clip art. <laughs> but I thought... Clip um, art? They look terrifying. It looks scuttle with that rusty fork. It's so crazy. Just eyes akimbo. They look like the old herd at photos of us on... Um, <laughs> yeah, Sebastian specifically is giving very much our old photo energy. I'm, 
no, but I loved. I can never remember if it's Chloe or Hallie in the movie. I think Hallie. Hallie. Um, I thought Chloe's her, the one right now that's doing a lot of the um, music touring, music touring, shaking ass. Hallie is, but not they're both to do that acting because of Disney. Um, I don't think Chloe's acting. Chloe was on that show Swarm for like an episode, right? Yeah, but remember she got all that controversy. So I think they're both mm. acting, but Chloe is freaky. Hallie is now still... Chloe is Miley. Hallie's still Hannah Montana. Okay. (laughs) Well, Hallie's got that Disney check. She's got a cash. She knows that she can't be acting up. And I thought her part of your world was beautiful. I thought she captured the uh, monologue nature of it. And yet I... I think we often forget that, like, singing has changed. Like, even on Broadway, when you went back to, like, the 80s, it was, like, just nice women with voices other than a few people. Now it's, like, you've got to be really singing. Like, if we heard part of your world now, we'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So true. So she what had to give us What do you think of Melissa McCarthy as Ursula? Um, I think Melissa is mother. And um, some of her performances are some of my favorite of the last few, 10 years. Like, Bridesmaids. Can You Ever Forgive Me? Spy is as brilliant a movie as we've ever had. And why we haven't had 42 versions, the sequels of that movie, I don't know. If a man was in that movie, we would have gotten a prequel, There have been 92 Fast and the Furious movies, and I can't get a sequel to Spy or Girl's Trip. Well, Girl's Trip 2 is coming out. They haven't started filming, and until I hear someone has read a script, they're always like, the script's in the work. I'm like, let guys, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully we get it. Hopefully one day I remember my other controversial opinion. And I, guys, write in. I, I'm sure everyone's going to be mad at me about thinking Barbie looks bad. But it just doesn't look great. Are you going to see Oppenheimer on the same day? Um, famously, I hate um, that director. So probably. Okay, cool. So are you going to do like a double feature? Um, yeah, I'll probably take down Oppenheimer and a matinee and then go to Barbie at nighttime and then just mm. black out. Yeah. <laughs> and I could see myself walking out of Oppenheimer. Although I haven't walked out of a movie in a minute. Not since Elvis. Maybe the time is time is coming. Yeah, I, usually it's one a year where I'm like, you know what? I've got to have better you things to do with my Elvis? life. Yeah. I couldn't do it anymore. It felt like At an assault. Point? I don't even remember. It was the okay. point in which I literally thought in my head, I think I can smell this movie. It was like an <laughs> assault on every one of my senses. I was like, the colonel I, was so upsetting. It it did have a lot to do with him, but it was yeah. just like everything was coming at me. And once I thought, like, is it, it offending was... my sense of smell? And I knew it wasn't, but I was mm-hmm. like, that's it. Time for me to go. Yeah, it's as bad. Nene Leakes once said, I walked right out, and I had to go. Should we talk about Sex in the City? Yeah, let's get into it. So today we're covering season five, episode eight. I love a charade finale we did it we did it we did it joe <laughs> maybe my it. controversial opinion was about joe biden no is it we can't no. do that no i'm trying not to this podcast will ultimately become political as we get closer to the election mm-hmm. but i can't another possibly... on patreon it's like you don't know what's going to happen over there yeah and i don't want to hear it from people about like me getting too political as we've heard multiple times in our reviews they're like, nobody Never. cares. Of, there's no such thing as voting the wrong way. And I'm like, yeah, there is. Sorry. Yeah. Stop listening. It's like, excuse me? Yeah. Get the fuck out of um, here. If the way there is. If the way you vote endangers my life, I'm going to say you're pretty wrong. Um. <laughs> so get gone, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess this did get quite political. Quite yeah, quickly. yeah, yeah. Back to Sex and the City. So let's start with a little episode synopsis. 
Carrie's new love interest returns. Charlotte sees Harry in a new light. Miranda reconsiders Steve. And Samantha deals with Richard's new girlies. God, those girls. <laughs> what did you think of this episode overall? It was kind of like I was really relieved that the season was over. Mm-hmm. So I was enjoying it a little bit more. And there was also, I felt like enough to hang my hat on that I could like really get into it. But with that said, the Zazazu really did me. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. What did you think? I was very nervous about this episode because of the Zazazu. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things is, is that usually for an episode, particularly a finale, I feel like I really do remember most of the things that happen in it. I found for the most part outside of um, Carrie to have remembered none of this and even some of her story beats. I kind of was like, oh, I forgot that this it, this happens in this episode. Mm. And so there was a lot there I wasn't expecting that I liked. The Zaza Zoo is tough. How with that hair? That her hair is, hair I can't even talk about it anymore. It's <laughs> Don't not know, even. But it's, it's stacking that on top with the Zaza Zoo is it's a lot. Not, actually, neither the Zaza Zoo or her hair were the most annoying things she did in this episode to me. And I'll let you know when we get there. Okay. Um, but I actually found overall that I really enjoyed the idea of this episode. That it's exploring sort of. The idea that relationships take work and that there is going to need to be this undefinable thing that one remembers or holds on to to sustain a relationship. I don't think that the episode really um, cements that as strongly as it could have because once again, the Zazazu. But I did think it was a lovely idea. So um, let's listen to the monologue and then get into it. That night, I thought about what it takes to make a relationship work till death do us part. Most singles have more long-term success with friends, so maybe it is a better strategy to marry a friend. However, in the absence of sex, whether that's the arrangement or just what happens after a few years, what distinguishes this companion from your many other companions? When it comes to saying, I do, is a relationship a relationship without the Zazazu? Did you like this monologue? Other than the ending with Zazazu? Yeah, other than that, I just feel like her. this monologue is just an example of Carrie using a lot of words. It is it longer really, than most. And not really, like, meaning much. Like, it doesn't land on me. It also feels almost diametrically opposed to what we found to be the core idea of this show at the beginning of season no, four, <laughs> which is that like our friends are our soulmates. Yeah. It's like most singles have more long-term success with friends. So maybe it's be- a better strategy to marry a friend, but we created the idea that those are two separate entities earlier. Mm-hmm. And then also I-, I thought it was interesting in the absence of sex, whether that's the arrangement or just what happens after a few years, it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's going to happen, sweetie. Not everyone's, you know, Pussy popping on a handstand after a while. No one's, no one's, not everyone's Charlotte and Harry. So I don't know. I didn't really love this one, but I feel like it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Again, for the episode, it's all execution and I'm not sure, but you know, that's, I was going to say that's this whole season. Maybe it's this whole show. As I told you a few weeks ago, I'm like, 
will I ever watch this show again when we finish this podcast? Because I think I'm I good. had that thought because you texted me that when I was watching this episode. I was like, wow. I think if I ever watched this show again, if I ever was like, I'm going to do a full rewatch of Sex and the City, I would have the intelligence to skip this whole season. Yeah. I'd Honestly, be like, we should have. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. And guys, if you are a member of Patreon and you really love season five, please reach out to us and tell us what you like about it. Mm-hmm. Remind me why I once thought this was one of the better seasons. We were so dumb. So before we start breaking down the girls individually, let's chat about the introduction of two new characters. Because we meet old Bobby Fine mm-hmm. singing one of the most famous songs in American history, strangely, and a very depressing song. Is that all there is? Yeah. Before like he's Amer- about to get married. The American public was really going through it when that was the number one song in the country. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe, honestly, someone needs to re-record it right now. Yeah, I mean... It would have went to the top of the charge in 2020. Yeah, it echoes um, how we all feel. What did you think about Bobby Fine? It's so strange because I know that this is the first time that we're seeing him on the show. But but he he felt like an old friend to you? Yes! Like, he just felt like I've, like, met him a million times. Like, Is that just because of the nature of Nathan Lane? I think so. Because he kind of is playing, I don't know, not a similar character to, like, what he plays in the birdcage, but a little similar. I mean, definitely homosexual man. Yeah. A stock so, character for Nathan. You know, singing on on the stage. Like, it just feels like I've met this guy before. And there's such a fun, like, energy between him and um, Sarah Jessica. Of course, this would have been... Probably at the height of the producers, so he's working with Matt. So I think this is 2002. The producers came out in 2001 on Broadway. So this is like that show is just like the biggest thing in the fucking world. Um, People lost their minds, and I never saw it. I was too young and could not have afforded. Although I'm sure the tickets then, the premium tickets was like 125 dollars, and now Broadway tickets are 500. Yeah. I always wondered why Matthew Broderick was never on the show. Okay. I have also wondered this. And I feel like Sarah Jessica really likes that separation between the two of them. And yet they have appeared several times on Broadway together. Maybe she just doesn't want him in her world, you know? Do you not consider her world, her acting life, theater? Well, not broad. I'm more television, like movies, like I just feel like the only character I would say he should have played is I would have loved, and I do not want to ever talk about this episode, and I'm sad we have to, the um, David Duchovny character. I think that is a Matthew Broderick (laughs) character. Okay. It feels... And it would have made a lot more sense. Like an ex-boyfriend who's gone crazy. I just think, like... Lest we forget the greatest single bit of casting in all of Friends history is Brad Pitt as the man who hates Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. It's just fun. Let us have fun. I know. That would have been great. Then we meet old Betsy. Oh, my God. She strolled in and I thought, there she goes again. I love her. I hate her so much. (laughs) And no disrespect to actress Julie Halston, who I've seen on stage and is an icon. But she you walked up and I enjoy thought... enjoy this character? No. I thought, get her off. Get her out of here. Wow. I you love know, her. Okay, here's... And this is tough. 
that it just Go like for it. Fl- yep it I just know where flashed you're going. to me mm-hmm. and again i don't want to take anything away from julie halston okay it should be uh, diane lockhart what's homegirl's name my queen christine baranski if christine baranski was bitsy von mufflin we'd really be working with something Oh, so you're talking to actress you just didn't enjoy. Yeah, I just didn't care for her. I just felt like we weren't dropped in. I just felt like she's she's not giving the stellar performance that Sarah Jessica Parker gives when she laughs at the joke. That obnoxious mm. laugh. And <laughs> of course, that is the thing that she did the most that annoyed me in the episode. I was it's like she, the thing. It's like she's never heard a joke before. And it was like, well, here we go. First, we started with Pano Chocolat. Now we're ending with this laugh. Oh, God. That Remem- laugh, that cackle. Remember, um, no, oh my God, what was that woman's name the, from the girl next? Kendra, that girl with the laugh. Kendra, as Rem- in- remember Kendra Wilkinson, and then she had yes, that spinoff. The yes, and they had a spinoff, and the way they build her spinoff was she's that girl with the laugh. Oh my God, that just unlocked such a memory for me. And that I always think about that when people have crazy laughs. I'm like, that girl with the laugh. That girl with the laugh. I'm like, I don't even remember Kendra's laugh, not once. Oh my God. Speaking of playmates, let's chat about Samantha. So she has somehow in her mind justified that her breakup with Richard is the same as a divorce. And so she calls him and says, I'm. Taking the Hamptons house, much like Courtney and... Was that Courtney and Chloe who took the Hamptons? They did. They took the Hamptons when she was dating French Montana. Yeah, Courtney so much so... Right after Scott's parents had passed. I can't. That was really fucked up. And the I'll way never forgive her Chris for that. stood in as a mother has... Not only did, but has stood up as a mother figure for Scott. My beloved Lord Disick is so beautiful. And yeah, I'll you, never forget him looking at Courtney and going... We never came out here while my parents are alive, and now you want to buy a place when they're dead? I will never And this that. is the woman you want to write home about as, like, a good person. I'm she's not saying a she's a good person. Terrible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's <laughs> a terrible, cold, emotionally manipulative, and, and no one's going to like... Well, I don't think I should say that last part. Go for it. No, you should. Go for it. Mm-hmm. She's a bad mother. Mm, okay. Okay. Should we cut that? Although nope, I think I compared someone it. to Harvey Weinstein last week. So. Yeah, you sure did. That, that name rolled uh, right uh, off your uh, tongue. Okay, let me not say she's a bad mother. I just do not care she's for her a different par- parenting style. I do not style. care for her parenting style, and I agreed with Corey Gamble. Oh, for sure. Listen, I'm not saying I love Courtney, but there's a part of me that like understands because where she, she comes is from not sometimes. lovable. Mm, I disagree. Oh, that blunt. I think she's just miserable. In she that is family. the epitome of a blunt bob. Anyway. Okay, but if your family is actively choosing your boyfriend who treated you that poorly, I think you need to look within, sweetie. I think she did look within, and she's not enjoying that family anymore. Then get off the fucking show. (laughs) Get off the show. Like, get off the show. I'm so tired of her. Go away then. We'll do a Kardashians Patreon episode. Okay, yeah, I can't. Because I'm honestly getting hot. I know, you're like getting rowdy. All right, so Samantha's taking the Hamptons. Mm -hmm. And she's setting up for this giant party. She's inviting everyone. Baby baby Brady is not invited. And these three... What did you think about that? Look, it was an unfortunate time for baby Brady to have taken a shit and needed his diaper changed. (laughs) Yeah. I don't... 
I could just let her bring the fucking baby. Like, it's right? a big party. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, she's going through it. But Samantha is not, she's not having it, which is why it's crazy that one day the writers thought she would sext him. I'll... I hate when you bring that up. It's just, guys, we can't, no matter how much I bring it up, I still feel culturally we're not giving its due. We are. I don't <laughs> think, I, I, I can do all of the work I can personally, but I feel that the greater, until The View does it as a hot topic, that that was something they thought of, mm. I won't be happy. Because it's crazy. That they were like, you know what? This beloved character who everyone loves, she's the second on the call sheet, favorite character on the show. She should sext her um, teenage son, her best friend's teenage son. I don't love that. No. I do. Would know, did you love our three girls, our three unnamed women? I I was obsessed with them. (laughs) They had, um, um, what were those for? They had a bunch, they had razor phones, short shorts, bikinis. Tube tops. Teenies boobs everywhere. When they pulled up, I heard Teenage Dream in my heart. No, not Teenage Dream, California Girls. <laughs> yes. It they were perfect. And they were like, they were um, perfect. we go to restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were looking at Samantha like you old fucking hag. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Oh my God. I don't have any um bars out here. No reception. Oh, we'll be totally fried by then. I loved them so much. Great characters. Great. So let's chat about Samantha losing her shit. So she body shames them. Even though we know Samantha too, not in a, but a stone's throw in a few weeks from now to want a boob job. I think she body shames them, obviously, because they're fucking Richard and she's mad about it. I did appreciate when she's to Carrie, like, do you think he's having sex with them? No, he just enjoys them for conversation. Carrie's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Samantha considers me so stupid. And so she picks up these melons and is grabbing them like, these. Just like acting (laughs) completely nuts and throws one into a glass. Well, she throws them at them. And it misses them and hits the glass. And look, as someone who has severely struggled with a lot of anger problems and has thrown a lot of large objects at people, I'd Mm. say a fruit is like one of the nicer things you can throw at someone. I've thrown a full bottles of wine at people. Um, I was going to ask, what's the biggest thing you've ever thrown? I think the most dangerous thing I ever threw was at a college roommate. I truly don't remember why I did this. I threw two full glasses of water at his head. No, look, he had to duck and dodge quite a bit. And the next morning, I woke up and, um, oh, I have no memory. Oh, okay. I woke up the next day and then screamed at him, Kristoff, why is this floor so wet? (laughs) Chris. And it was nice that we were, you know, Christopher, Kristoff, that was kind of fun. Yeah, did he ever speak to you again? Oh, yeah, 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 we were fine. Oh. You know, I can really charm people the next day after I've gotten my anger up. That's wow. why I've been able to keep as many friends in my life as I do. I was going to say, you have a lot of friends. And the ones who've let me go, I'm like, respect. Yeah. Like, the ones who've been like, I can't do this with you anymore, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you. Is that the you, ice cream truck I hear? It is. And I think it's going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like anything? <laughs> I love that sound. Oh, it's pulling up. Oh, yeah, I hear it. 
There are no kids who live on this block. The adults flock, are, though. Are they going? The adults? Yeah, are they Oh, yeah, yeah, they stop by the ice cream truck. Uh, should we wait, or would you like to pa- or keep going? That's a Brian problem. <laughs> That's not me. Yeah, I mean, we've had worse in the background. Never forget I'm every woman. That was the funniest thing ever it Seems heard. to be really posted up. Like, I would fucking pay. I don't know how much, so probably not a lot. But I would just love to find the, that audio. I think you just have to go back and it. listen to the but podcast. I don't like, remember what episode it is. No, same. Shorties, That's if you remember what episode I'm Every Woman came on, please write to us. Please. And um, I hope, look, this is a nice time if you're a shorty listening. I hope you're cozying up with a nice vanilla bean ice cream yourself. Because um, that truck Who gets vanilla bean at a... I don't think you get one from an ice cream. I don't like sweets, but that's just the first mm. ice cream that came to my mind. Although I had a delicious... Strawberry shortcake popsicle thing. Ugh. Ugh, and you judged Carrie for ordering a strawberry shake? What kind of adult woman orders strawberry shortcake ice cream? Are you sick? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, do you know what I read about today on the Patreon before we get into Miranda? What? Apparently, the most recent episode we released, at one point you say something, and my response was, are you only going to talk about your personal life this week? Yep. And the, I do remember that. And apparently, they simply said the silence was deafening. Yeah. <laughs> I, think we both, I think we both were taken aback. Like, uh-oh. I think my eyes just were like, oh my, okay. Yeah. Really went for really went for it there. Yeah. Um, let's get into Miranda. Okay. So Miranda is coming home from work, and Steve is lying in bed. In her bed in his street clothes. Look. Shout out to Phoebe Robinson and my dear friend and ex-boyfriend Federico Benetti, who share a large belief that you shouldn't be in um your bed in your outdoor clothes. Mm-hmm. The amount of times. <laughs> He had to reprimand me because he was like, no, not in the bed. We would come home from trains, buses, planes. And he'd be like, no, you take your clothes off. Chris. And look, I don't think I would respect my, I don't think I like would disrespect my, my own bed in that way. But his felt like a free space to me. Oh, okay. And he was like, you got to get out of here. I, I just know like he, Steve is sweating around New York City. Being disgusting and laying in her bed with his, like, belly out. Well, would you like me to read my first note? Oh, my God. Go for it. Simply, Steve is turning me on. Three Shut exclamation points. the fuck up. I don't know. There was something about his pale little white body with this. Sh- I don't know. Guys, I don't know. Maybe on the Patreon I'll explain what I've been going I'm through. so like, disturbed a, by you. A, like, I don't know. He really... Finally, it hit me. I think this is the Steve people remember. Laying in bed with his but tummy the, out? The way... No, look. I don't agree that he should be in her bed. He should be on a couch. Yeah. But the baby's, like, stroller. Crib? Bib? Br- crib. Crib. Is in the bedroom. Yeah. So he's laying there with the baby. I don't know. For me, it just felt... So, it was like the most familial and at home we've ever seen those two. There was something very nice about it. I never nice saw him that it. comfortable 
when they were living together. Exactly. And the way she sort of, sort of says hello to the baby and then instantly lays down, there just felt like this comfort between the two of them that I mm-hmm. we've never seen before that I just thought, like, I felt so at home in. And then when she looked over and saw the lilacs, and he said, no, they're from Ma's Garden in Queens. I thought, I, I love this man. I don't know. <laughs> I then, think this is your upwards trajectory of liking Steve. This is I the, think at this point, it, like, it starts to go up. From I here. think this is the Steve everyone remembers. And it's because this is the Steve Miranda likes. Yeah. Now, look, is Miranda postpartum, depressed, going through a lot, has mostly been wearing maroon dusters for the last six weeks, seven oh, weeks? And so those I, loose fitting tops. So she's at her literal lowest point, and finally mm. Steve seems like a good option. So I'm not saying it's healthy, I'm not saying it's right, but I mm-hmm. think that Steve of this episode and the rest of season six is the Steve people remember. Yeah. This is who they want, because it can't be the Steve we've been seeing. It can't be. But truly, that I saw mustard him. suit. That mustard suit, those skid marks, that basketball, the disrespect of <sighs> sleeping with another woman and then coming well, home to sleep on my couch, um, getting a dog that I didn't want, right, letting right, your right. dog keep me awake while your ball's deep in another woman. Proposing with a hand-me-down ring. I mean, the list could literally go yeah. on. B-boy! <laughs> eating, my, eating my deli meats. Giving my baby back to me because you can't handle being a father. Um, showing up at my door and calling me an asshole. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where to begin? Where? What's honestly now? Where I've to talked, end? Now I've talked myself out of liking him. So no, we should circle back in I about two eps from yeah. now. So I don't know. I really appreciated Steve in this moment, and what I that ice cream truck is really posed up. <laughs> Too. I was like, wow, they're really waiting and waiting for, for never people s- to arrive. And not one person has come out. I feel like when I was a little kid, they, I feel like they came, came and went. It was like if you didn't get out of there and get <laughs> out of your house in 10 seconds, you were <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I feel like I've chased many. Oh, I mean, we lived in apartment buildings, so I had to go down floors. To get to like it. I was lucky when the ice cream truck came down my grandparents' cul-de-sac and I was simply in a home, like a detached home. And I could get to it faster. I mean, with this one, woof, you got time. You got, pl- you got, I'm simply multiple. wondering if the ice cream truck guy lives in my neighborhood and he forgot to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> and there's not one child, not an adult, not a soul. This is the, the Amazon truck, just. <laughs> Could you imagine if the Amazon truck did that? Like, played if the jingle? Amazon truck had a jingle, they should Bezos. They honestly should. If Bob Iger was running Amazon, it would already have a jingle. For sure. For sure. That's a million dollar idea. It really is. A- imagine the Pavlovian. I mean, just look at how happy we were when that ice cream truck pulled up on my I street. Heard we were it like, when it was block away, and I'm not even there. I started salivating, and I don't <laughs> I even like ice cream. I almost said, Chris, do you want to pause and I'm- go get something? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You got any sweets in your house so we can both have one? <laughs> got any loose starbursts? I know you've usually got a few near you. <laughs> hanging out by your feet. Oh, God. Um, no, a scene <laughs> I really love. Brian, leave this all in. Brian, leave it in. So, 
and a scene I really loved is when Carrie is challenging Miranda. When Miranda's sort of saying, oh, this isn't great, and we, we this isn't going to happen, and we shouldn't be doing this. And Carrie says to her something along the lines of, why? Because you'd be happy? Yeah. That hit. It's those subtle moments where you realize, like, Carrie is pushing Miranda as much as Miranda's pushing her. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like Car- Miranda can't even reply. I mean, how could you? No. How could you? Oh, wait, can we go back? I forgot to do one thing. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about Miranda's last moment, what do you think about this as Samantha's like final beat of the season? The throwing the melons? Yeah, and sort of an obsession with Richard. I mean, it it makes sense. It I don't really know how I feel about it. It just kind of is like, yeah, he, you know, left her heartbroken. To me, it feels sort of unfulfilled only because we know finally fucking ice cream trucks out of here. <laughs> It feels unfulfilled to me only because it's not a thread we pick up on season six. I mean, Mm -hmm. we do towards the end of season six, but that's more a story about her relationship with Smith. With Smith, yeah. It feels strange to me that we would leave Samantha on this sort of, I'm still hung up on Richard and I'm jealous moment. And then she comes back and is fucking the stock market guy. Mm -hmm. Because have we even seen Samantha have a sexual dalliance since Richard? No. So it's, and so right, like it feels like, so we haven't seen one. They've not had her, although, no, wait, she blew the Worldwide Express guy. Was that after? I'd hope so, or she would have been cheating on Richard. No, I mean, I just. It is, it's after. It is, okay. Yeah, so we have seen a little, but we haven't seen her like, ru- although we probably have. People are probably screaming we've seen like 19 mm. sex scenes. She was on the train trying to sidle up to some men. Well, we don't need to talk about those. We don't yeah. talk about Bruno. No, no. <laughs> Not those guys. Um, so I don't know. It just felt, it feels almost like we're not going to fulfill the promise of this ending that she still sort of hung up on Richard. So I, I would have rathered a story where the women showed up and were sort of taunting Samantha about this and she handles them in a kind of PR party planner fashion. I think she tried. I then but then her it. emotions then over mm-hmm. so that's what I mean. It's like I want to see Samantha. This felt like almost akin to season one pilot episode that's cut to her being slightly sad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, Miranda, let's get to Samantha Bad Bitch. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Sick of her being sad. Um, and so now that we've talked about Samantha's kind of final moment, let's fast forward and finish out Miranda. So Miranda calls Steve at the wedding and he doesn't answer. Mm. What did you think of that sort of as a setup for Miranda's season six? It... <laughs> Summertime in Baltimore. Welcome to baby. the club, bitch. <laughs> Summertime. And the um, living ain't easy. I thought it was a really, really sweet moment, especially after the lilac moment they had in the bed and then seeing her holding her baby. She's at this wedding. You know, when you're at weddings, no matter what, I feel like there's always a part of you that's kind of like feeling the love. And um, Not for me. Okay. Well, for me, I'm, I'm you know. I'm usually thinking about, I wonder if they're going to get divorced. I never think that. Every wedding I go to, I'm like, they're going to last forever. I'm like, oh, well, we'll be picking up the scrapes of this one in a few months, won't we? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I 
ever think that. I literally, I think everyone's so in love at Except a, a few weddings I've been to. And I won't reveal which, for the friends who are listening, let you question if I was talking about you. <laughs> you are a menace. Um, I don't know. I thought it was really sweet. And I kind of like that sweet side of Miranda. She's really kind of starting to lean into that a little bit more. And I got such a, um emotional moment when Steve doesn't answer. She puts the phone down and she puts the lilac down. But they have this moment where the baby picks it back up. And it's like this, this is what is connecting them and keeping the idea of romance alive for the two of them. That mm-hmm. they are connected through baby Brady. And he is this constant reminder of Steve's presence. And almost like the best of him. Mm-hmm. The best of him. I mean, even you saw it. In this episode, look, he also represents the worst of Brady, and then just like that... Sure does. I don't know, but I really loved her final moment um, as her I setup for season six. And I'm really look, Miranda... It made f- me really excited yeah, for Mar- what's to come. Miranda in the first part of season six, her the season six part one, is like one of my favorite arcs. The showing up at the door with Carrie where she says, I'm in love with Steve, and she says, finally, you admit it. All the way to the laundry room admission, Steve, you're the one, while holding the candle I is chills. is like I love that whole like twelve episode moment. Mm-hmm. Now speaking of a moment, let's chat about Charlie. Char Char, someone we yeah. do talk about. We don't talk about Richard anymore, mm-hmm. but we do talk about Charlie. Yeah. So I thought it was so lovely and yet terrible when she oh, ad- when she admits. I'm seeing someone, I hate how he looks, he's short, he's hairy, he's ugly, he chews with his his mouth mouth open, he's truly the most disgusting human I've ever seen, but it's really great sex. I know, and she's like, I think I really like him. I thought it was was interesting. really sweet. It is, but I thought it was interesting, like, I could see them cutting to Samantha when she says the great sex comment, but it cut to Carrie, like, oh, that's all there is, baby girl. And I was like, (laughs) wrong person. I know. (laughs) They couldn't. Maybe Sam was doing something weird. This prudish sex writer. It just was so. It was nice to see that growth in Charlotte a little bit. Like she'll always be that. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. (laughs) Not one scene later. My sentence. I. I'm just saying there was a little bit because it's she normally presents everything as like oh my god it's perfect he's perfect everything's perfect, and this time she's like, it's not perfect but like I'm really into him and I thought that that was a really nice moment for her that's a really nice moment and also you're completely correct that it shows such growth that the person she now likes is wrapped in a package she doesn't enjoy Mm -hmm. and then of course we have trey who is the perfect package well except period no deck period Mm -hmm. although again i will say i don't like how she treated that gorgeous man and that's where my internalized misogyny is coming out (laughs) (laughs) But what I was going to point out is, of course, she says all of this. I really like him. And then in classic Charlotte fashion, that's about changing everything about him. And the one problem I had is, in what world would Charlotte York ever let anyone eat pizza in bed? That's the thing. Is even she, I like, didn't do that during him. even during the pandemic. I didn't even eat pizza in bed. I had the dignity to eat it on the floor next to my really? bed. Oh, I'll eat. I love eating in bed. I, I well, I look. I <laughs> eaten a yeah. lot and. In bed, and famously, a roommate simply asked if I had a kitchen up there because he saw so many condiments next to my bed. <laughs> he was like, "What is happening up here?" I've got—I've never seen someone with hot sauce, a side of mayo, ramekins. 
Oh, yeah. You always need a ramekin. He's like, you've got every condiment in this home is now on mm-hmm. your bedside table. He's like, you don't have a lamp. But you got... But I just felt honey like, mustard. oh, I love a honey mustard. I do too. It's the only, I do too. The only condiment I don't love is ketchup, you know? Me too. Ketchup is sick. And sick. If you, if you like ketchup, disgusting. get gone. Oh my God, the thought of it. Mm-mm, I can't even have it me. on the table. People, I've had waiters like, are you okay with how no. adamant I am to get it oh out God, of here? I that sugary, that tiny sh- paste. sugary shit. It's so gross. And it's so cold. Get it out of here. So so she wants. But this him to is sh- one of my favorite scenes where she wants him to shave his back, and then they have sex with the pizza on the bed. Yeah, <laughs> I I just thought that it was. I didn't sweet. care for it. It was stressing me out. I'm too. I sh- liked the. I thought it was sweet where she was like, "You're all greasy," and you know he like doesn't care that she's saying that, and he like just pulls her in and they kiss, and it's like so cute. I now, did you enjoy her. when he had the negative reaction to the wax? His back was terrifying. It was. So Did you like bad. his like tiki shirt? Oh, when she was like, it's like a Bahama. Well, why don't you like, tiki, tiki it off? Yeah. I was like, oh, Charlotte, don't, don't. You've don't been hanging out with Carrie this. too long. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, guys, that's a Carrie joke. Don't, don't do that to my girl. Don't Charlotte. do that to Char Char. Um, it just shows that he's like willing to do whatever he can to be with Charlotte. And I like he's like, yeah, I felt a little itchy back there. I'm like, sir, your back your is on fire. Burning off. <laughs> Looked crazy. You look like you've been through a volcanic explosion. I just love that he doesn't care that she's like so annoying about everything. I don't He's think he like, finds her annoying. Well, no. that's what I mean. Hmm. Like, he doesn't seem to care. No, I'm going to say something and maybe we're going to need to cut this. Okay. And oh, and I don't want to tip into some waters we shouldn't be going into. But there, <laughs> this is going to be a strange route. Mm-hmm. There is almost something about Harry's Judaism that makes Charlotte a perfect partner for him. In the sense that she is like, there is this stereotype, particularly in television, of like Jewish people complain about things a lot. Mm-hmm. And isn't that really what Charlotte is doing to him? Like, that there is this sense that he knows how to handle a complicated, difficult woman in a way that a waspy man like Trey... Wouldn't. Would not. Mm-hmm. Is that inappropriate to say? I don't know. <laughs> I, guys, let us know. But I think I it's get a, what you're saying. I, but and I'm talking only in the sort of large cultural stereotypes we see on TV and the sort of closed up, buttoned up world we saw Charlotte inhabiting with Trey. Mm-hmm. That now she has this guy who's so open to hearing all of her criticisms. Mm-hmm. Of him and the world and people. And he's, and by the way, not only is he willing to hear it, he's even further out than she is. Mm -hmm. Is that inappropriate? I don't know. (laughs) I hope not. I don't think it was. All right, we'll leave it in. We'll see. We will hear about it. Yeah. I am scared. (laughs) Um, No, I'm actually, I've said far worse than we've heard nothing. So true. Um, I genuinely really loved the scene at the wedding when they're all making jokes and Harry makes the, and that's the little thing she's been Von muffling or something like that. And all of them not only laugh, but give each other a look like we like this guy. Yeah. Like that he fits into the group almost in a way more than Charlotte does that she would sit there and almost make her prim like guys, we're at a wedding. Yeah. And the moment where they're like, I think you were a little wrong about this one. I was so attracted to Harry when he bounced over in his disgusting, hideous suit. I thought, there's a king. I know. I thought the same. 
when he's and he says something along the lines of, you know, my teeth are clean, but I don't have anything in my teeth. My back is not red. <laughs> I don't got shit on my forehead from sweating. Yeah. Harry, by the way, probably hired a personal cooling system to ensure he made it through a summer wedding. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, they're not really going into his schwitzing problem. No. But then they start to dance, and she finally admits that she's starting to fall for him, and then we get the bomb that he mm-hmm. can only marry a Jewish woman. Yeah. And I appreciate, though, that the beat is is that Charlotte doesn't care at all. Mm-hmm. But of course we know she, you know, she had that love affair with that um, Hasidic Jewish man early on in the show, so she's always wanted to be one of the chosen people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What did you and of course the, I mean it's it's almost hard to um even say like what did you think of this as a setup for Charlotte because it's perfect and her it, season yeah, six like, storyline is great and wonderful and I'm happy to see her happy. Famously, I believe Kristen Davis should have won the Emmy over Cynthia Nixon for season six. Wow. They were all nominated finally, and I think that Kristen Davis gives the best performance in season six in terms of a supporting actress. Mm, interesting. <sighs> well, speaking of actresses, let's go to somebody who's doing a lot of acting this episode, Miss <laughs> Parker. <laughs> because Miss Parker was a doing mouth acting. acting. She was doing, I think she was acting laughing. with Laughing. A lot of laughing. She didn't scream. No. She was doing a lot of she's doing a lot of cutesy stuff. I felt physically ill when she said, baby. Lady and Brady, I thought, oh God, just shut the fuck up for once. We're we're on vacation. She can't help herself. She just can't. This is who she is. It is. So they're on the way to the Hamptons, and who pulls over on his motorcycle but one Jack Burger? He's back. Oh my God, on that fucking motorcycle, he looks like an idiot. No, would Burger have a house in the Hamptons? I'm shocked by this. Honestly, it, I don't really get it. It was strange, right? Yeah. And that he's owned it for three years. It doesn't feel like his vibe, but maybe it was uh, his ex. I believe her name is Jessica. Maybe it was her vibe. So Berger shows up to the party, and then they have, they kind of go off to the side and have a little conversation about their breakups. What did you think of Carrie's... um Oversharing? Oversharing, there, her word vomit. I've been that person. You've been so... that person on this podcast. Exactly. I've been her. I know I know how she feels the moment you walk away or they walk away. You're like, oh, fuck. Like, like I will never forget one time I was at a tailgate and this girl, she came up to me. And she's like, a, you know, we're acquaintances friendly. And she was like, how are you? Whatever. And I was like, oh, like I had my grandma's memorial today. Like, you know, spread her ashes. And she was like, hmm, okay. And literally walked away. Well, to quote Luann Delaseps, we're at a cocktail party, darling. Yeah, I was uh, mortified. The only thing I'll say is, is that, and this is again, Burger's such a fucking dude. He did kind of start this conversation about the breakup. He definitely did. Yeah. And so, and I didn't think Carrie was that nuts. No, look, was she a little cutesy punny? But again, the both of them are. Never not are these two making jokes. When he was like making all the jokes about why he couldn't ride his bicycle. And she's like... I've never seen her closer to climaxing outside of a bedroom when she's listening to someone else try to be cute. She loves what this guy is up to. Yeah, because Aiden was so not this. And Big is not funny in that way. Not Big in that is way. Like, Big is corny funny. 
and um he's just making all these jokes outside of the hot dog shop and now then but then he's so mortified when she is and he when he got on that bike and tried to get away from her how did he, she not get the ick from that but even then she couldn't even stop being trying to be cute she's like oh do you need a little help oh oh okay i know it was bad. Carrie's down bad for Burger. She's just in a bad place this season. Although I did write, Burger on the bike is equivalent of when Carrie fell on that step when she was trying to leave Big. They are the same person. They like, are. They can't exit a place gracefully. Mm-mm. But I don't like seeing. You don't want to see a male like Carrie. You don't, <laughs> don't want. No. We don't want to see no. We don't want to see no. You know what? I can't. I have said so many things, <laughs> and I'm not going to say that one. That was tough. Okay. Um, but because I love Burger, but what a puss! Mm, such a puss, and I love him so much. And he's—I thought he was so sexy in this episode. I love those bushy eyebrows. He's got such a Mark Ruffalo light energy. I understand why you like him physically. I just energetically, I think he's nothing to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just physical. Yeah. Okay. It's good to know. Um, I really enjoy the scene between Miranda and Carrie when they're, although I don't love the writing about, what about this table? What about these plates? What about this china? I'm like, guys, this isn't like who's on first. <laughs> like your actual friends, just be normal. Yeah, yeah they can. But it, then it transitions their talk. Although I thought it was interesting that some, uh, Carrie, or no, Miranda says, I would marry Steve in an instant if he was gay. And I thought, this show has such a strange understanding of gay, like, nobody, don't marry no gay man if you're a straight woman. Like, don't do that. Like, that's yeah, like, so, you don't, you don't have to do that. Like, there's a reason that Will and Grace never did that. That's not what, like, right. what is this idea of the gay male, female friend? It's almost like to heighten the female friendships, they can't just let friendship be a normal lateral thing as if there are all mm-hmm. these different dynamics like oh being friends with a gay man is different than being friends i you know what this show really ruined my entire college experience the amount of women who were like there's that gay guy i'm gonna go chat with him yeah like, leave me alone yeah they wanted to be your bestie yeah like oh there's my accessory for this evening come show me right. what i should be wearing i'm like i could give two shits what you have on yeah <laughs> Unless you are a man whose clothes I want to take off, I don't care what anyone else is wearing but myself. Right. I mean, you will make comments if you don't like what someone's wearing, as I know. I do think there's a base level of just normalcy we should all be working at, and I'm just trying to get you and some other people there. I just have, I like a clip. You say that as if the clip has been my only problem with the things you've adorned yourself with. That's true. I've seen quite a lot of shocking outfits. <laughs> Some hair moments I did not care for. I mean, right now is one of them. <laughs> you want to put this video up? No, I certainly do not. Um, but I also really love the Carrie and Stanford moment where she says to him, great man, great house, great relationship. We've all been looking and you actually found it. And then he replies, Marks and I haven't had sex since we brought the Cynthia Raleigh China. And I just really love the idea that everyone's always looking into someone's relationship and judging it, and no one really knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I deeply appreciate that the show gives Marcus and I was going to say Marcus and Anthony, Marcus and Stanford, a nice moment at the end where they their sexual life might have some problems right now, but they are still really connecting on laughter. And I thought it was such a sweet moment 
when he says the creme brulee being hard is the problem in this in this marriage <laughs> and and Marcus really laughs and you can tell he really mm-hmm. enjoys Stanford and I thought that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. I thought they're really sweet and it was nice Although seeing Marcus Stanford, is fucking like, weird. I know you really think he's a weirdo. He is when he's like maybe he just <laughs> makes her laugh. I'm like no buddy, he just literally uh, sexually assaulted you in front of the woman he's going to marry and then grabbed her ass and made out with her like like he's on one bobby <laughs> bobby and bitsy are fucking weird and marcus is like bobby and bitsy are just honestly let's follow the two of them the adventures of bobby well, and he bitsy. dies yeah covid really um talk about like to, they were like we gotta COVID take really got to bobby we gotta take one character out you know bobby was probably still um down by the docks covid wasn't gonna stop him from getting dicked down is that wrong to say Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) okay. Sorry. Um. So then Berger shows up at the wedding, and I love the convenient to make him not a wedding crasher. They're like, oh, yeah, I ran into the groom and he invited me for some reason. Clearly, once again, laying Bobby out as some sort of predator. Yeah. Okay. And I did appreciate that he says to Carrie, we should go out on a date before they break up. I just thought that was a really nice sentiment and a Mm -hmm. really good way to intro us in to season six. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was actually amazing is that the show ends with um, her saying something along the lines of we shouldn't settle for anything less than butterflies. Even the show knew not to end on Zaza Zoo. So why couldn't knew. butterflies have been the word she was saying the whole episode? I mean, the Zaza Zoo. I, I looked it up like, does it mean something? And I think it was, I was like, Zaza Gabor? Is she Zaza referencing Zaza, Zaza Gabor? Zaza Zoo was apparently created for this show. It wasn't, it's not a, it's not another phrase. Now, I didn't do deep research. I just Googled Zaza Zoo and it said created during season six, episode eight. That's what I mean. Like it, five. Season they five. created it for this and we'll never hear about it again. <laughs> Although I fear I'm going to be saying it for the rest of my life, much like I did describe myself today as being in Starvation City. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the fashion in this one? There's only one piece of clothing I want to nope. talk about. There's something I want to talk about. Okay. I wonder <laughs> if it's the same thing. Actually, before we do that, can I just mention one last mm-hmm. note about the episode yeah. itself? I really love that it ends that everyone it ends on all these different moments at the wedding and that Miranda and Samantha are having this sort of sisterhood moment of dancing with Brady after mm-hmm. the sort of problems they've had. And even I though know. it's done quietly, I appreciate that there's a sort of coming together of those two people who have chosen yeah. vastly different life paths. I enjoyed that as well. It was special. So what were you going to say about the fashion? There's a look that Carrie has on at the side road stand. Oh, the cowboy hat? The cowboy hat with the netted poncho Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. the strange bandana type looking dress underneath. Mm -hmm. It's really upsetting. Yeah. That holy poncho held together by yarn. Oh, Carrie. My personal demon in terms of fashion was um, her wedding look, that pink, pink. puffy 
baby doll dress, baby doll halter. I, I, and again, with I those flowers on her hand, I was like, what's the what's bubble doing? dress? I know. I don't know. I thought my favorite look of the episode was actually Miranda's black tight dress she comes home from work in. I thought she looked ravishing. I did, but I didn't like her makeup at all. She had this like weird purple eye makeup on. And look, clearly they were trying to hit the lilac there a little too hard. But I also yeah. thought, look, it's 2002 there. Maybe that was really in then. I don't know. I just thought she looked beautiful. I thought Charlotte looked really beautiful by the pool with like those that white linen matching set and the blue bathing suit. And I thought Miranda looked beautiful at the pool party. I don't know. My eyes were only on Miranda. I thought, wow, yeah, what a glow up. you had eyes for, they, for Rambo. They finally got her out of those dusters. I thought she looks fantastic. Every which way this episode. I thought her hair looked... Be- I've never Her hair has never been such a perfect color. Yeah, her hair... Ha- we've gotten out of that slump of the big f- fluffy blowouts. And then, in terms of men, we had Steve, Harry, Berger, Marcus, and Bobby. Who are you going for? Harry. Same. I'm going for Harry. Of course. Harry was a delight in this entire episode, and I really feel like he's in the fold now. He's a part of the family. Mm-hmm. He's in it. What would you give this out of 10? I would give this episode like a seven and a half. I actually would give this an eight and a half. And the only thing I'm keeping away from it is the Zaza Zoo. I had mm-hmm. a great time watching this. I thought it really sets up some really great things for season six. And I even think if I didn't know what was happening in season six, I would assume that the Samantha storyline was going to be carried through and we might see Richard again in some way. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was a really um lovely season finale with a great idea at the center. Um, what did you think of this season overall? The worst. The worst that we've seen. If you had to give the season itself out of 10, what would you give it? A four. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm firmly at like a four. It's like... Yeah, like... I, it, it's hard to even, even give, give it a, it a five. five. <laughs> yeah, it's like... T- I don't even think I could. No, because I don't think we've rated any episode this season over a seven and a half. Well, I did just give this one an eight and a half. Eight, for you, an eight and a half, I was talking about me. Okay. But yeah. Um, wow. No, this this season absolutely has no 10 out of 10s. And I think we both rated the first four twos. Yeah. And for did. half the season to be basically unwatchable is pretty bad. There was just so little redeeming about it. It's really tough when you hate the main character of a show. And I hated Carrie this season. Yeah, it's been it's been bad. It's been, we've been down bad. They put us in the trenches. So of the seasons we've watched so far, far, so remove season six and don't think about Mm -hmm. it just like that. Of the five we've watched, how would you rank them so far? Of the five seasons we've watched? Yeah. My number one is probably season four, then season three, then season two, then one, then five. Uh, Did you say one, then five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then we're exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, season five, lowest of the low. And um, one day we'll do our full rankings. But guys, I did recently say I think and Just Like That is better than at least two or three seasons of the original series. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you'll join us again next week when we discuss the season six premiere, To Market, To Market. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram. And of course, we're over on Patreon at Shortcomings Podcast. Support us, bitch. Bye. Bye. Bye.